A roll? Uh, 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 a roll? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. How roll? <laughs> I love that house music. How I roll? love that house music so that makes me feel like I'm How in the roll? basement of a French How bar roll? at 2 a.m. in Marseille. How roll? <laughs> Let's keep going. I got to wrap. How roll? Do you ever notice? Do you ever notice? Do you ever notice that like? Uh, you can put anything in the background of a of of like a hip hop like rap, and it'll I mean? still suck. And it'll and it'll still suck. <laughs> I was gonna say, and it goes from being whatever offensive material it was previously to like, oh man, that's so art. Did you see what Childish Gambino did there? That's art. What's gonna happen when he grows up? <laughs> he ain't never is he gonna be? Up. Is he gonna become like? Middle-aged Gambino, and then ultimately senior citizen Gambino. You know, I was remember the group Boys to Men. Yeah, are they like men to octogenarians? Men. <laughs> men to seniors. That's there's certain <laughs> names that people come up with that are just so stupid on their face. They're so like in the moment, and th- I think that's the the best one is uh, Boys to Men. What was the other one you oh, just yeah. said? Childish, oh, Childish Gambino. Gambino. Childish Gambino. Well, I guess adults can be childish, so that actually that name could survive. He got that. That's Donald Glover. The uh, you know who Donald Glover is, right? Childish Gambino is Dan. What? Donald Glover, not Danny Glover. Oh, different okay. Glovers. All right. Well, you know they I all look, they all look Glovers. the same to me. So. <laughs> I meant oh, rappers. Man. Did you think I meant African Americans? You <laughs> are Donald so. Is not a rapper. <laughs> you're so racist. <laughs> People, I just want to point this out that I said they all look the same to me. I was referring to rappers. And my oh, racist nice. nephew, whose career is far over, if anyone ever listens to any root. of these shows. It's root. It's it's root. It's root. Straight root. Speaking of Roonies, did you see the <laughs> the movie um, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Yeah, of course. Was that not one of the most amazing movie, movies of all time, in my oh, opinion? Oh, it's so good, man. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And which, uh, which Rooney Rudy was Mara. in Oh, Rooney Mara. She's not a Rooney. She's a Mara. There we go. I knew <laughs> Rooney Mara's was in there somewhere. Dude. Well, and what's her name? Rooney Mara. Other one. Oh, Kate Mara. She was the one that was in House of Cards. Yep. Oh, wow. She was hot, too. Oh, my God. Dude, their their dad is like an he's like an NFL coach. Did you know that? No, he's an NFL owner. There's a bit That's of a difference. Yeah. That's what I meant. Big yeah. difference there. Yeah, the, he owns the uh, he owns the New York Giants football team. This is, goes to a previous conversation we had, and it's not the point of this podcast at all. Well, there is uh, no point, so keep going. No, there is no point. But I've been really watching a lot of, I think I, I, I sent pornography. you out of nowhere. I've been watching a lot of pornography. Actually, I haven't been watching a lot of pornography in quarantine. I'm very proud of myself. Wow. Uh, I did notice that your forearms were starting to look about the same again. <laughs> what happened is his left one is so much smaller than his right one. Weird. Uh, the, 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 no, I sent you that, uh, I think a talk by, on Sam Harris by Daniel Markovitz. He's a Yale professor. Yes, he wrote yes, you did. Recently. I don't know if you listened to that. I did but, not. Um, it's, it's maybe worth checking out because he has, he wrote a book recently called, uh, the, I think it's called the problems with meritocracy. Yes. That it, was, that's what it was called. And it's fascinating because I've been watching a lot of talks by that guy, but one of the things that he mentions is he's like, the level of connections that these that that people who are quote unquote like in the elite have and those are my words not his but we all know it's true there's just a group of people who have outrageously better connections from birth just by virtue of their parents and i looked at them i look at the maras and i think this is they wouldn't be actresses if their dad wasn't an NFL owner and they were super rich to begin with 
Like, I really doubt that they would be in a position where they are. They'd probably be the hottest girls working at the local Dairy Queen if they grew up in Manistee, Michigan. Well, they did apply there, I heard, but unfortunately they were rejected <laughs> because someone did, you know, we talked about this in the last podcast. Somebody did a, a did a uh, an audit of their social media platforms and they were deemed not Manistee-esque enough for the positions. They were very, they were bitterly disappointed. They slinked, they put their tails between their legs and they slinked back to Hollywood where they made $20 million per picture going forward. So, it's sad that no one can be everything they want to be in today's I world. I know, I know. But Back to the hotness of those girls. Did did you watch House of Cards? Oh yeah, of course. So you 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 have the same images running through your mind that I do right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Up Kevin until, Spacey up, up to and including the worst last end of that show. <laughs> I watched well, everything. Well, it's funny because I never watched the last season because of all the controversy. Uh, was was the last season good? No, it was terrible. Was it really? Yeah, it was really bad, and uh, I, it was really bad because it was like chopped together after they cut Kevin Spacey out of it. Uh, Did he not appear in any of the episodes? No, he wasn't in anything. What? Yeah, not not zero, not at all. How and, could they even pull that off? Uh, poorly. They didn't. <laughs> is the answer to that question? <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, it was like it was. Imagine if you're trying to run a, a race here. You're in a um, you know, your your NASCAR. And you're on your last lap, and then the tires of the car are, turns out, tried to molest a 14-year-old boy years ago. <laughs> now you've got to finish the race without any tires. <laughs> and then you get back to your garage in, in NASCAR pit row, and there's a noose hanging there. I mean, oh where God. does this shit end? Oh, my God. That, that like, NASCAR is really the one that, I let me tell you this, I'm, I, I have to admit that I am I, I'm not I, I respect Gay. the fact that they're trying to their NASCAR even NASCAR is like we've had enough of this no more Confederate flags and that really shows you a sign of the times because like it that, does I it can't does think of a more it's like, like the Klan coming out you know with something like that yeah you know what we've decided that we are not going to affiliate the Ku Klux Klan with historical losers like the Confederacy. <laughs> <laughs> so from this point forward, we are going to remove one of the stars from the Confederate flag. That'll be our homage, if that's how you pronounce that word, or is it homage or homage? I don't know how to say it, but it's our homage to... I flunked the verbal on the SAT... Oh, yeah. uh, so back to the you, you keep taking me off the off the Mara girls and I keep wanting to stay on them, you know, both figuratively and literally. Literally. <laughs> but back to the the girl with the dragon tattoo. I, I thought that was just one of the best movies ever. I think I've watched it three times. Just just I thought I thought her performance was spectacular. Oh, Rooney Mara is a great actress. Oh, yeah, my gosh. No she was amazing. She was amazing. She just she personified that role, that punk that whatever she was, like Icelandic Cyberpunk. or punk. Where was she from? Sweden. Sweet. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that Nordic, Nordic, uh, punk, neo, whatever the hell that look was and is. And she was hot, dude. There, that. It, let me tell you how hot she was in that movie. How hot was she? She was so hot that she created a new category of acceptable popular girl. That's how hot she was in that film. Really? That other there was so so cyberpunk, uh, whatever. That's been a subgenre of groups of people for some for, for since I was in high school, and really since I guess the movie Hackers in the '90s, you could say that was kind of when that like became a thing. But 
after that movie, after Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, popular chicks could be that girl. And 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 everybody would accept it. Like it, you know what I mean. You could be that girl and date the captain of the football team. Oh wow! Well, remember that that haircut she had, which was yeah, just that, bizarre. Tons of women had that after yeah. that movie. Well, and, and it was really if you just if I tried to describe that to somebody who doesn't know what I'm talking about, it wouldn't sound very good. But it looked great on her. Yeah, well, it just proves that if you're a hot chick, you can do just about whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Don't you wish you were born a hot chick? Because I really, I honestly wish I had been. Because I was born an ugly chick, and then I had the transgender <laughs> thing. Now I end up an, you know, an ugly man. Let's, that's just like, it's rolling snake eyes four or five times in a row. It's rolling snake eyes four or five times in a row. By the way, did I tell you that I've been playing Yahtzee every day? <laughs> no, you haven't. With your no. mother? With my with, mom. With grandma? With my oh, mom. Man. Yep, every day. Every day. Twice. Actually played twice last night. You know what? It's a fun game. I don't give a shit what people say. I don't. I'm tired of this anti-Yahtzee agenda. I know. Okay, forcing their terms down the rest of our throats. Okay. I this agree. This is America. And if I want to play a fun game for fun families that doesn't have anything to do with sex or explosions or violence, I will. By God, I will do it. Absolutely. In fact, it's funny because, like, I, I, I'm not joking. We play almost every night, and there's sometimes there's other people that play with us. And my mom's approach to the game, like her approach to everything. And by the way, it's her birthday today. So, you know, I'm trashing her on her birthday. Oh, no, um, I should call her. Uh, what, what, what will you call her? I will, I'll call her grandma. Okay. Well, that, that'll work. So, uh, <laughs> so she is so, she, you played games with her, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, have you ever seen a person her age who, has such an exuberance to the point of almost being annoying. I mean, she literally, well, um, the point I'm getting to here is that we call her the Yahtzee Nazi. <laughs> and the reason we call her the Yahtzee Nazi is because she will literally say, oh, you don't have that many points. Give me your score sheet. And she will then audit it. And she does this <laughs> openly. I mean, she, she says it just like that. Like, she you don't have 262 points. She wants to win. Oh my God, she is the most competitive person. Emma is so competitive. <laughs> I've never seen anyone at any age as competitive as she is, and she's not young. So yeah, she's just a she's a maniac. She turns into a five year old when she plays she's games. She's eighty. Is she eighty eight today? Eighty seven. Eighty seven. Okay. Wow. I can't believe she's eighty seven, man. She's not operate at all like an eighty seven year old woman. No, as a matter of fact, she she works more hours per week. Uh, than I do, and I, I tend to work a lot. She works more, and she's just, yeah, she is driven. She is so driven. It's amazing. So anyway, we've talked about uh, the hotness of the Mara girls, the uh, the Yahtzee Nazi, a.k.a. my mom, your grandma. Uh, what else can we talk? Oh, we've, we've, uh, we've, we've run afoul of the social justice police on a variety of occasions. It's impossible to not do these days. All right, let me, let's talk about that for a second, because this is something that's probably— Because that touches everything. Maybe, well, it touches this, my dick. No, uh, it touches, uh, it touches this, which actually might get us into the topic Prison. we wanted to kind of talk about. Uh, so— Something happened the other day that may or may not be covered in conservative circles. There's a lot of like liberal YouTubers, right, who are like really popular. Um, one of them, you could say, uh, although it's a, it's a it's a lowercase L, is uh, Jenna Marbles, right? Oh yeah, I know I know all about her. I've been following her for years. Yeah, she's done with YouTube. What? She just made a video 
literally like two days ago that she said, I'm, I'm done with YouTube. I can't do this anymore. And it had to do with the fact that in the last couple of weeks specifically, people went methodically through everything that she did and found all of these instances where she would say something offensive that could be, you know, oh, this is offensive to Asians or this is offensive to black people. Like she did a she did an impression of Nicki Minaj and put on blackface to do it. Uh -huh. This is like eight years ago that she did that. And people have been messaging her all this really horrible shit. And she finally came out and she's like crying on her channel. She's like, I, I never meant to hurt anybody. I never meant to hurt anybody's feelings. I didn't do this to, to be hurtful to people. And I just think for right now, I just need to stop doing anything on YouTube because I just feel like this is just such a toxic environment for me right now. And uh, I don't know if that's I, I don't I don't even know if that's covered in mainstream news, period. But Jenna Marbles, besides PewDiePie, who also is potentially a right wing, alt right racist, depending on who you ask, she's the probably the, the most popular YouTuber. And has now Logan had to Paul. Stop. I'd say the Paul brothers are. Ugh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they are. Uh, I fucking hate those guys. Anyway, they. She. I. Okay. Maybe them. Maybe PewDiePie. Maybe she. Yeah. It doesn't three. matter. But go on. Yeah. Top five. Anyway. Oh, she's for sure. For sure. For extremely sure. popular, and is now done basically because this. Uh, witch hunt has kind of been going on where people have just been trying to uncover all of the racism wherever it is present. I, I'd like to hear your, th your thoughts on that, what I just told you, because I, clearly this is the first you're hearing of it. But. It is, it is, and, and only because I my, uh, my observance or my engagement with YouTube is very sporadic. I was not aware of this. My prediction is that much like we saw with, with uh, Logan Paul, and again, for those of you who don't know who Logan Paul is, look him up, because this, this dude, whether you love him or hate him, you have to respect what he what he accomplished as a YouTuber. And he basically went from zero followers on YouTube to 15 million in one year. Damn. Which I believe, uh, and this was, I think the year was 2017, I want to say-ish. Uh, so this is fairly recent, and I don't know if that record has been eclipsed since. So Logan Paul, yeah, he's, he's just a interesting cat. You, we talked about what happened to him. Where, without going into that whole story again, where he made a, a very he made a video at what's called the Suicide Forest in somewhere in I believe Tokyo. Literally, there was a dead body hanging from a tree. Oh yeah, that was in yeah, the background. Yeah, I remember this. There was a massive reaction to that, as you can imagine, and he said he was leaving YouTube, and he did leave YouTube for a while, but he came back, and I predict that's what's gonna happen with Jenna. And uh, and secondly, in terms of just my reaction, ironically, I was watching, uh, not because I wanted to, but because I was forced to, Fox News last night with my mm -hmm. now 87-year-old mother, and they had on Adam Carolla, who obviously you know who he is. He was a former partner with Jimmy Kimmel on what was called The Man Show. Did you ever see oh, that? Oh yeah, yep. So you know what that is, but basically it was a, you know, this was a 20 years ago or maybe. Oh my God, that show is amazing. I mean, to this day, it's you can go back and watch clips from that show. They hold up. It's a great, great show. Well, I never really watched it, but I, I mean, I'm aware of what it was. And just like the name implies, like they actually had, I don't know if this was consistent throughout the totality of the show, but they had like kind of stripperish looking women on the show as like cheerleaders-ish. Yeah, the Juggies. Is that what they were called? 
Yeah, I mean, the whole, it was ironic, but that's exactly what it was. Yeah, so anyway, uh, if if you've been following the news, you know, one thing that you probably have heard is that Jimmy Kimmel has come under a lot of fire lately. Oh, shit, really? I haven't heard that, actually. Oh, wow. So that's that's why Adam Carolla was on Fox News last night. This is a perfect segue into where we're going. But so, so, so uh, Adam Carolla, Jimmy Kimmel's, uh, former partner on the Man Show and one of his best friends, I believe, to this day. And interestingly, uh, Corolla has become one of the leading voices on the conservative side of everything. Mm. You know that? Yeah. Okay. Adam Corolla has been a rather conservative voice on a lot of stuff. Right, but I mean, like he's—I he, think he's become increasingly conservative over time. At least as it looks that way to me. But in any event, Corolla was on Fox News last night talking about his good friend Jimmy Kimmel and what's happening to him because uh, I, I found out last night that Kimmel is, quote, taken the summer off. And uh, and they read some quote from Kimmel. I think it was like the press release he issued when he announced he was taking the summer off. And he said, I did things 20, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't recall exactly what he said, but it's, I, I did a lot of things 20 years ago that, you know, I've matured since then. I hope people can see that. And I'm not going to be intimidated into silent being silenced because what happened is exactly as what you described with jenna marbles is you know stuff that he did whenever it was 20 years ago eight years ago like at one point he was dressed in blackface as carl malone if you know who that is yeah from yeah a basketball I remember that whole player sequence. yeah it's funny and then he also did uh oh he did uh i think it was chris rock and so here's corolla on fox news talking about his good friend and what's happening to him and Corolla's entire argument was, we need to grow the fuck, fuck up. up. Yeah, I agree. And, I actually agree with this. And it's yeah. funny because I'm watching this with my 87-year-old mom, who is hardcore conservative, and uh, and here was her chance to you know jump on Jimmy Kimmel and criticize him, and her response was exactly the same as Corolla's. Her response was, I agree. This is ridiculous. And I personally, me speaking for myself, have the same view. It's like, if we're going to hold people to that standard, I mean, nobody survives it. Nobody. Or almost nobody. And I mean, it, like, one of the things that Jenna Marbles did that she apologized for, because I got two thoughts on this. I agree with that. And, in, and let me just, it, as an example of why I agree and why it's ridiculous, Jenna Marbles did this, like, rap where she was, like, a... She was like an Asian person and she, it was taught. It was a rap about big dicks. That was the whole thing. And she was like, uh, she's like a uh, uh, ching chong, wing wong. Why don't you sling out that big ass ding dong or something like that? Like, that's the line. <laughs> and that's what she played. And she's like crying as she's playing it. So it's actually hilarious to watch her apology video because I'm like, this is so fucking funny. <laughs> like, well, she's really good. She's, she's very funny. She's so funny. And that's hilarious. Nowhere, nowhere in in her intentions or or Jimmy Kimmel's intentions with with um, Carl Malone impressions or anything like this was an attempt to attack or belittle or hurt the people that they were doing this to. There wasn't like a I'm doing this in order to establish some kind of white hegemony over this other culture or this other culture's ideas. And like. Right. It was purely I, I, attempt to be funny, and that's exactly the point that Corolla made. In fact, the term he used over and over was context. You have to yeah, judge the context. And so, like, look, whether or not it was funny, like, whether or not you find that funny is up to you. It either hits you or it doesn't. Personally, I think both of those things are hilarious. But, like, 
just because you didn't find it funny doesn't mean that it was bad or wrong or, or horrible or anything like this. Like not everything is for everyone, just period. Right. And, 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 it, and it is weird to be going through this like this like iconoclast era where people are destroying images that they disagree with and wanting to like knock out the people who are producing them because we live in a world. I mean, this is like a real problem. Like Guy Debord is a philosopher, is a French philosopher from the middle 20th century. And he wrote a book called The Society of the Spectacle. And in the famous quote that he produced in it was, we are soon entering an era in which all social relationships will be mediated through a series of images. That's exactly what we're living in now. That is the future. That's a future that we're now living in. And if we live like an iconoclast for people in history who destroyed images they disagreed with, whether that was images from the church or um, images of Jesus or of the prophet Muhammad, or there were many iconoclasts in different cultures, but that's what they were, people who destroyed images. And if, we're, if, if all of our social relationships are both mediated through images and people are destroying them, then none of us can relate to each other. That's, that's the situation we're now in. Like we, we can't actually relate to each other. And, and, and it is actually stupid to go after people who are trying to do this for f totally frivolous reasons for fun and to have fun and to create good times and to hold them accountable like they're attempting to hurt other people because that's not at all what they're trying to do. And the thing that makes me mad, just to the reason why I'm kind of fired up about this is twofold. First of all, is because it's like you don't know you're you like you could be guilty of something. You have no fucking idea what you what you're it doesn't mean your intention doesn't matter. So like that's the problem is it's like I could be making a casual joke and somebody could be like, did you know that that actually hurt a group of people? And now you're fucked and now you have to apologize and now your whole career is going to be over. And now yada, 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 one. And then two. Every time one of these people apologizes, like Jenna Marbles did, and I understand why she did it, it actually, like, it gives moral credence to the people who are making those accusations. I've been sitting here waiting for you to finish to make that exact point, which is a continuation of what I was starting to say about Corolla when he said, we need to grow the fuck up, is uh, in conjunction with that exactly what you just said, which is, I'm just waiting for somebody with the balls to say something like this. Like, here's what I would have said if I was Jenna. I would have said, first of all, I made that eight years ago. Entirely different context and times. Secondly, I'm a comedian. And if you were gonna tell me that I can't do anything that might offend someone somewhere, then I'm out of a job. Because if you can't make fun of anything, which is where we're going. I mean, on, we're on a fucking rocket we're in a rocket to that place of just, you can't even speak. We need to change the names of everything because they might offend someone somewhere. At some point, somebody has to have the courage to stand up and say, you know what? Fuck you. You know, I didn't mean anything by it. I'm not, I have no agenda here. I'm not, I'm not against Asian people. I'm just trying to, I'm a comedian trying to be funny. And you're just, you're, you're depriving me of my livelihood. And Secondly, that's point one. Point two is, last time I checked, this is America. And even though it does, it's starting to feel not like America, a, t a core tenant of the American experience is free speech. And so I have the right to say what I said. And even if it offends the hell out of you, I still have the right to say it. So, you know, that's something that I think we talked about this at some point along this journey but to me, that's something that's really been lost in this argument is the rules of, that govern our society 
were intended to err on the side of freedom. And so we actually have the right, short of yelling fire in a crowded theater, pretty much short of that to say just about anything. I literally have the legal right to say, I don't like insert name of ethnic group here. I have the legal right to say that. Is it stupid? Absolutely. Should I say it? No. But I have the legal right to. And that has been so lost. I mean, that, I mean, that probably, I'm guessing that sounded crazy to you for a second. Like what? I mean, I mean, I know you know it intellectually, but you know, you've been, you've been living more in that world that we're now describing than I have. Yeah. You know I mean, because you've been one, you, you've lived in major cities for the last how many years? New York, Paris, Chicago, Boulder, and I'm sure I'm missing something. But you've been living in an urban experience 99% of the time for the past how many years? Oh, yeah. I mean, since 2011, um, basically. Okay, so we're, we're approaching a decade. And so, you know, you've been living in the, in the absolute middle of this. And so I'm guessing that my perception or my, the way I feel about this is very different from you because you're surrounded by it. I'm not. So my guess is that it's, you know, it's so much worse than I'm imagining it. Well, and I'm imagining it to be horrible, but I think it's even well, worse. I, you know, I don't, because here's the thing. It's like, and I'm referring specifically back, to the inability to have actual free speech. So there's two, because here's the, here's the thing that is troubling. And Dave Chappelle actually talks about this in 846 that he released on YouTube. And it's worth watching because it's, it's really good. And one of the things he says is people need, people have to have the right to make mistakes. Yep. Like people have to have the space to make mistakes. That's the only way anybody's going to learn. And yep. like part of the problem with, in his opinion, part of the problem with racism is that it's a, it's built on ignorance. And the, the problem is that if you make ignorance a crime or you you make it so punished that you, people lose their livelihoods or lose their, then, then you, you, you essentially have ruined the opportunity to educate somebody. Yeah, they can't learn. Yeah, and the biggest problem that I have on the with the left here, of which I'm a member, is that people the the phrase that a lot of people say is you it is your responsibility to educate yourself. And I think how what how the fuck That's ridiculous. How, nobody's going to do that. You can't know the, what you don't know. There could be a whole, you know, this whole spectrum of things that are new to the culture that you wouldn't even know to look for. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. And, and not only that, but but the frustrating thing about a lot of this also is like how educate myself, how like educate myself reading which people, people who you agree with or people who disagree with you. Exactly. Because there's a whole lot of people who don't agree that. I mean, Sam Harris did a good job talking about the police stuff is it's like, you know, if you can go educate yourself on, on police brutality. Well, it looks like from when you start doing the research, it's like, well, a lot of these people look like they were in the middle of breaking laws and maybe fighting back with the police when they were shot. So it seems like it kind of makes sense that it would have happened. Like, and then if I was to say that to, I mean, oh, literally yeah. if that people are going to listen to this podcast, hopefully. And I, I mean, like the truth is that like any of the things that we talk about on here, like I'm mentally preparing myself that like one of these days in the future, I'm going to have to go back and, and basically, defend because oh, yeah. I'm I'm sharing open thoughts and people are going to be like wait what the fuck lemon you think that you know police shootings are justified and I'm like well yeah some of them if you look at the data just saying that fact alone just just saying that just saying the yep the actual fact is going to bring you into trouble with a whole bunch of the people who are at the most radical end of this and the problem is that those are the people who are 
persuading the mass of others. They're the ones by using the bully pulpit through Twitter or whatever or yep. or whatever. They're the most radical members that the, the moderates in the left have not stood up to to go like, hey, you're being fucking crazy. OK, like and I would say that that in the last 50 years, this is something that Jordan Peterson pointed out in the last 50, really in the last 70 years, um, the conservative, the, the right side of the aisle has has really done well until arguably in the, the last few years. Um, the right side of the aisle has done a very good job of saying, look, as soon as you start talking about an ethno state or, you know, ethnic, whatever, you're pretty much good like all your conservative values are good but as soon as they start getting into things that we look at as fascism or nazism or something like that you you are you are beyond the pale and we will disown you on the right and most reasonable conservatives would all say that but the unfortunate thing is that the left hasn't really done that with its own people like if you start nope, talking about making arguments about like reparations or something or how reparations would go or you know co let's do complete communism or complete you know who knows what that looks like in terms of tearing down the the the, the hierarchy the political hierarchy the whatever the left hasn't done as good of a job in saying okay now you're beyond the pale now we're not gonna we're gonna disown you and you're on your own like that hasn't really happened in the same way you talked about this in our last podcast i thought the points you made were excellent when you talked about the left eating its own yeah, it's bad. It, it, that and this is an example of that. Like this is a, a perfect a really example, example of it. Well, because the problem is that there are the Jenna Marbles is a soft and available target. Like she like the real problem is that like people who are angry at the concept of of um let's say uh like when people say systemic racism, one of the things I think they're accurately referring to is that uh there's been a if you look at the statistics in terms of the of generational black wealth in the United States versus white wealth, it's completely different. That, and there's a lot of reasons for that, and and a lot of them are racist, straight up. It's like that since it, it, even until the 1980s and sometimes even 1990s, depending on where you were in the country, you, your chances of generating wealth as a black person were just really not good. Like you were locked out of buying houses period sometimes or in neighborhoods that had appreciating wealth or just whatever there's a lot of reasons for that i we can go down that rabbit hole if you want to but just for a moment let's just say that's that's let's just accept that as true if if you're really angry at systemic racism and that's one of the points you're angry at what you should be doing is going after the mechanisms of government to ensure that that can't happen moving forward and that there's good opportunities for people of color to be able to access the, you know, the reins of wealth making in the United States, generating businesses, creating businesses. We can argue about how available or potential that is. Maybe we differ, maybe we don't, but that's where you should be spending your time. Totally agree. However, attacking Jenna Marbles is a soft and available target. You're angry. She's there. It's easy to go after her. And, and you get a feeling of progress because she has to apologize for something that did make you mad. And that's the problem is that the steam that powers the machine of change is going to be expelled on soft and available and meaningless targets. I really think that as a person who's on the left who agrees with, you know, some of these arguments, that's what I'm concerned about. I thought that that's a great point. And I'll say something in direct response to it that will probably piss you off, but maybe it won't because I think you're that smart. I think that happens in part because it's the same reason that 
all these people that Sam Harris described so perfectly. And I, I want to repeat this because I've said this a bunch of times in writing. I've said it on this podcast that if there was one piece of content that I would want any American over the age of 12 to consume, it is that podcast that we talked about in our last podcast, which you can check out in unfew.com. And the title of our podcast is something you said in our podcast, which is passion is a poor substitute for reason. And I thought that was the biggest point that either of us made during our podcast. And I also think that that's in essence what Harris was saying. He didn't say those exact words, but he kind of did. And the point I'm getting to the, the original thought I have that I'm, that I'm prefacing with, you know, you may hate this is why is this an issue on the left? And I say it's an issue on the left for the same reason that, as Harris said so perfectly on that, on his podcast about, do you think if the people who are riding in Los Angeles, burning buildings down and so on and looting, attacking people, do you think if they knew that police killings in Los Angeles were at a 30-year low, would they still be doing those things? And so my point is that the left runs more on emotion. It oh, just I, I would I was just about to say that. Yeah. That's my point. That's my ultimate point. Is that the left runs more on emotion, whereas the right runs more on logic and, and reason, quite frankly. And that's how I think you end up with so many people who are, you know, like I just sit back and watch all these statues being torn down. When they're when they're tearing down statues of famous abolitionists. So wrap your head around that. I've seen this in the press over and over. Like, I forget the guy's name, but a very famous abolitionist. His statue, was like, this man, his his whole purpose in life, or maybe not his whole purpose, but his, the thing he's best known for, he's fighting slavery. And somebody yeah. tore that down. I guarantee you it was not a member of the right. So there's two things I want to respond to on this. One of them is that I think you're right. I think that the left does run on emotion. I might push back on the idea that the right runs more on logic and reason. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Well, let me guys. just go back to let me go back to something that was sort of in the middle of this topic, which sure. just to try to add some credence to my argument regarding logic versus uh, passion is who does the rioting? Uh, yeah, I mean the, the I left mean, does the rioting. The right, right so, does the right does the marching. <laughs> Well, I'm making a serious point, which is that when you think about like who's who's burning buildings, I mean, it's never the conservatives. I mean, when I say never, I mean never. And so that alone, the conservatives make tiki torches and walk together chanting Jews will not replace us. (laughs) Okay, well, I I, sort of went over my head, but I'll repeat like to me, the lowest form of protest is rioting. That to me is I don't have a good argument, so I'm just gonna fuck something up. And it's interesting because I've seen a number of conservative voices in the last week. Number one on that list would be Dan Bongino, who we've referenced on the show multiple times. And you know, he, he he's like, here's his latest assessment, latest meaning probably within two days. He said, make no mistake, at this point, this is no longer about rhetoric. This is mm. about brute show of force. This is about we're just going to come out and fuck your shit up. And we're going to keep doing it until somebody stops us. And I think there's a—I'm uh, not saying that that's, that's indicative of what I would call the mainstream liberal 
uh, perspective, but it is the most visible evidence of the left at the moment, even if it, whether it is or is not representative of who the left really is, which mm. is another terrible thing here, which is, you know, uh, most of my life, uh, I've never thought poorly of, of Democrats. In fact, um, you know, one thing that I'm not even sure you know this, Brendan, I think maybe you do, but I'm not sure. Because, and the reason I say that is because of something other members of the family have said that made it clear that they didn't know this. Mm. Um, my mom, again, we keep talking about my mom. My mom was raised in um, a, a, a shack in, yeah. su- in southern Indiana where they didn't have electricity or running water for the first X years of her life. And she comes from absolutely nothing. I mean, dirt poor. In fact, the last time I was visiting in that part of the world, and that part of the world is southern Indiana, specifically French Lick, Indiana, which is, some of you may know, the home of Larry Bird, the famous basketball player. But yep. it is a it is a dirt poor community that, I mean, there is nothing going on there. And, and I mean, the community's improved over recent years. They have a couple of casinos there. But the point is, when she was there, I mean, there was nothing. Her father made my grandfather made his living uh he owned a gas station and he also delivered fuel oil in a truck he would drive places and deliver fuel oil i don't know how the hell that works and also coal he delivered coal so they had nothing Mm. and i say that because you can imagine that environment is more likely to produce democratic thinking as opposed to conservative and Mm. it did she was raised a democrat and she was raised all the people around her were democrats and, you know, uh, lay, classic labor versus management thinking, you know, we're labor and management's taking advantage of us, blah, 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 blah. So she was raised on that. Then she grew up, um, you know, went on to um, become kind of a self-made person who's done very well financially and in terms of creating a reputation for herself within her chosen career. And uh, at one point, I recall a member of the family who shall remain nameless because this is one this is when I wrote her off forever. This is when I blocked her on everything. She said, oh, yeah, you were raised with a fucking sp- silver spoon. I-, I say all that because, you know, she she was raised Democrat, but she got to the point where she looked around and said, well, shit, I don't think I, I don't think those ideas are any good. And you know what I mean? It's just like you kind of figure it out and. And I said this to you a long time ago because, you know, I think you've become less liberal over time uh, because you're smart, (laughs) quite frankly. And I think you achieve more success and you start seeing things a little bit differently. You know what I mean? You start to understand that the system isn't really rigged against people, I don't think. And that, you know, one thing that's gotten lost in all this racial discord is that, you know, Trump produced the lowest black unemployment rate in American history. Like, I don't know. Yeah. That seems it, like it a good thing. under him. I don't know if you could say he produced it. Oh, yeah, I think he did. Oh, as I, a, we'll, we'll leave that conversation for another time. But I think that— What, can you give me just a short answer as to who you think did? Uh, hardworking Americans. Okay. Uh, yeah, hardworking the, the, Americans context, the, the context in which they're working makes all the difference. I mean, he—you know, it's not like he—he's not— you know, he isn't like an emperor. He didn't like. No, but the, when you, when you, again, I don't want to get off on this. I don't want to, I don't want to have a long conversation on this because it will totally detract from what we're really talking about. So just give me like 30 seconds and then we'll just quit. But, sure. but the, the thing that's hard for 
and I don't mean for this to sound patronizing because I, I'll admit to you straight up, I don't fully understand it, but I understand the concept, is that how you design rules and regulations on industry makes all the difference in terms of, as an example, a policy on tariffs where under Obama, the policies were much less favorable for American workers than under Trump, where basically you're saying, you know what, we're just going to put tariffs on shit that we're importing from other places. That makes those goods and services more expensive, more expensive. which yeah. makes American produced goods and services relatively more affordable. So yeah, people will I, then shift and buy more American stuff. Like that's a policy that nobody nobody worked harder. The policy just changed. Yeah. And there's a I, bunch of that. I yeah, I, I truly don't I, I can imagine that that made a, a did actually make a difference. I, I don't oh, I know, know it did. It, I haven't haven't seen any data on it. I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Well, I know it did. Let me put it that way. But uh, I was going to say one of the things I know this is an aside, but it is something that we should probably flag because it's so slightly relevant to this conversation is it feels like liberals, Democrats, whatever people on the left ought to agree that something like that, like a tariff that would support domestic manufacturing would be valuable and should be something that would be should be considered there was no, there was like no at all, uh, even consideration that it could have been like, what were the merits of this based on the fact that like, <laughs> well, I can short circuit where you're going with this because so many people on the left have Trump derangement syndrome that they don't care whether his policies help or hurt. They just want him gone. I mean, that's where we are. That's where we are. And I'll, you know, we, this for the listeners' benefit. What we what we were going to talk about on this show, which we're now you know forty five minutes into it, and we have but we're, I, we're 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 skirting the sides of it. We are, but I'm just saying we aren't directly on it yet, uh, which is mm. which is totally fine. Where we are in the world at the moment is that uh, I sincerely believe that a, a fairly high percentage of people on the left, I'm not saying the majority, but enough of them that it's it's totally changed the discourse in America today. All they want is Trump. Out. I mean, just, I don't know if you know this or not, but this perfect, perfect illustration of this. This past week, this happened. You tell me if you know this or not. So Tim Scott, who is an African-American senator, I don't know what, what his role in this was, but somehow he became the face of it. I'm not sure if he authored this or not, but he authored a bill which was intended to specifically address police reform. And he reached out to the Democratic side and specifically said, if you don't like this, then let's amend it to make it something that you do like. Mm. They just categorically rejected it. So this oh, was- Oh yeah, I, I heard about this. Okay. The Democrats basically just said, we won't be- hey, Well, here's we the- sh I, I know nothing about the bill. Okay, well, here, here's, here's all you need to know. All you yeah. need to know is that it was an honest attempt on the part of conservatives to address the issue of the need for police reform. Mm. And it was just categorically rejected even when the- Conservatives said, listen, help us make it better. Amend, let's amend it. And they basically just said, fuck you. So mm. uh, that's where we are, is that the enough of the left, and specifically the left leadership of you know Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, those people, they don't, they're not really trying to help America at this point. They're trying to get rid of Trump. And mm. so that's where we are. The only news I heard about that was that Democrats had rejected it. And I didn't really know much more about it. That's probably one of the issues that in conservative circles is being discussed in nuanced detail 
and in democratic circles it's just like can you believe the republicans thought they could control this conversation exactly um, no that's an excellent point look i don't want trump in office and i know that this is the last time we had a conversation about who we you know I, who i wanted in office versus who you wanted in office we we, we shut down this podcast for like 2 years so so let's let's not go down this this rabbit hole too much but i don't share the terror that the left has of him. I think that I don't think he's I don't think he's good. I think he's unprepared is what I think he is. I think he's a buffoon and he makes America look stupid. And I think that there's a handful of other I mean, look, we could go down the rabbit hole on it, but I don't particularly want Biden in the office either. Uh, I think that it's a it's nuts that we we've ended up with that. And the truth is that I don't want any of these people in office. I don't want Nancy Pelosi. I don't want Chuck Schumer. You I said don't want, that you said those exact words in the last election. That was your conclusion. Remember? Yeah, I, I don't want any of them. I think that they're all septuagenarians who are headed to becoming octogenarians who are doing politics from 30 years ago. None of them understand the world we live in today. Bernie Sanders is a good example. Like, I think Bernie represents a, 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 represents a, a position in the American political uh, culture and political a uh, 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 system that needs to be paid attention to whether or not you agree with his politics specifically it's like look there are people who are angry that they're not getting a fair share no matter how hard they work and that is something we should think about that is something we should we should we should seriously think about legislating to solve whether or not you agree with his policies specifically okay however a lot of the politics and policies that he's promoting and had promoted were all things that are like this is an idea from 30 years ago or 40 years ago. Like this is 1970s politics in 2020. Like it's not it, it it didn't work really then and it certainly wouldn't work today. But like here we are debating these things and it's because all these people are just old and that's the answer. That's that get that's what gets on my nerves. Well, I don't disagree with majority of what you said, but I don't you know there, there's a believe me there's a whole a whole argument on the other side of that which is yeah, I'll concede everything you just said. But I would also say that there is so much that you gain from experience and age that that I believe outweighs what you lack. Um, for every perfect example you just gave of iPhone security, for example, there's just so much more in terms of basic understanding of economics as an example. Like I look at I look at Bernie and I don't I don't hate Bernie. I really don't. I think he's a decent dude. I really do. I always I think his that. heart is in the right place. He's like a he's everyone like a, um, Jimmy Carter. In a way, uh, I think he's better than Jimmy Carter, actually. Um, oh wow! Okay, uh, Jimmy was just a buffoon. I mean, Bernie has one weakness, as far as I'm concerned. It seems to be a complete absence of understanding of basic economics, and I think that alone is what has made Trump successful for those who believe he has been successful. And mm -hmm. and you know, I think this really, you know, again, I don't want to, I don't want this to be a like, here's why Trump's great, and you think he sucks, but I just. <laughs> Because I don't think he's great. I want to be clear. I don't think he's great. But I do want to just make a comment here that I've just been wanting to make, not today, but like just in general, which is I believe that 80% of the hatred directed at Trump is what I would call politically correct based. Mm. It's not because his policies are terrible because they're not. They're, they're For the most part, they're really good. I'm not saying all of them, but I'm saying, again, if the goal to me, if I am... If I, if I were to describe what I want in a president, here's my short list. One would be somebody who understands economics and can 
can increase the chances for everyone participating in the, quote, American dream. On mm -hmm. that level, he's the best I've ever seen. On that mm -hmm. one level, by far, the best I've ever seen in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly, I want somebody who will keep me safe. I want somebody who will, who will protect me from threats, foreign and domestic. I thought he was really good on that until when I've observed how he's responded to all this writing and shit, then I temper that statement. But I also want to say that I understand, I think I understand why he's done nothing. It's because uh, he he's not taken the bait that the, the Democrats want him to take, which is they want to paint him as, you know, a, a war, a war hawk and a guy. An authoritarian. Yeah, and authoritarian. It would confirm that narrative. Yes, yes, did. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. So I, I think, think it would be, a, it, would, it would have been a very politically bad move to make. Exactly. And he doesn't, right now, he doesn't have to do anything to con continue to be the law and order figure. And if, if, if he wins in November, it, it, it's going to be because that's the case. My dad shared that same feeling. And my dad was up until literally up until a few weeks ago, my dad was like, I'm not voting for Trump again. And then a lot of this news comes out. People are attacking the police, defund the police. And my dad is like, this is insane. Like we can't. The smartest thing Biden could has done in this regard is just say publicly he does not support defunding the police. But he hasn't really said anything. <laughs> right. Really, well, it's not even open the anywhere. door to that. <laughs> but but to finish my my Trump analysis. So yep. number one, strong economic understanding, strong economic policy, because I believe that the surest way to have a, 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 a strong country that is unified is for everyone to be participating or as many people as possible to be participating economically, because people who are who have you know, comfortable lives with good incomes tend to not be idiots. They tend to enjoy life. They tend to not be assholes. Yeah, they, they got something to, defend. to live for. They got something, they got something to, to live for. Exactly. So I think Trump's been great there. Uh, defense, uh, again, we just talked about that. And then, and, and to be honest with you, that's kind of where it ends for me. And where, where he's the weakest and the most susceptible to attack is the guy is an asshole. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he just is. And for me... For me, I could care less because yeah. I'd much rather have an asshole who does the other things I want. Just protect me and let me have good a good life. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I mean, I don't want you discriminated against people and all that, but I'm saying as it really relates to me and my life. But on the left, the economics aren't really the first thought and uh, security maybe is a thought. But, you know, I think far more important on the left is what kind of a person are you? That's why mm. Obama was so beloved because— he just had the perfect, perfect image, decorum, speaking style, uh, calm, measured approach. Never oh, yeah. really, never really, well, until recently, uh, never really said or did anything that was that outrageous or controversial. Yep. Uh, and, and really, it comes down to words versus actions, because I think if we're measuring by words, Obama is superior in every respect. If we're measuring by actions, Trump is superior in every respect, in my opinion. But that's why so many people hate him, I believe, is because he's an asshole. And and we're, we're, this all goes back to the first topic of Jenna Marbles. So she did something <laughs> that ran afoul of the PC police, and now she's paying a heavy price. Yep. And people, I believe, and this is what you need to do when you finally get your big break in comedy, whenever that happens, and people go back and listen to all these podcasts, and they put together a greatest hits package of shit you said 
He that, was on a podcast with Michael McClure, known white supremacist. Yeah, that's probably the intro. And uh, I would just say, uh, free speech, bitch. And um, I'm a comedian, and we're trying to be funny. So I'm done. That's my that's my response. I just I think I, I think that what I'm really hope somebody says, and I mean, look, I don't know what it's like to I bend under pressure as it is. I just I wish I had a stronger character, to be perfectly honest. I mean, maybe all of us do in one way or another, but I like I don't know what it's like to be under that kind of pressure from people being like, fuck you, you racist piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. But I wish that one of these people would just say, I'm not your target. Stop coming at, stop wasting this yep. energy on me. Yep. Like, you know, shame on you for not taking this seriously and going to the the ballot box and going to like, there, there are, I mean, some of this uncle Mike, like you were saying, like, I think the rioting and the, like all this shit is like, it's, it's, it's just wrong. It's, but part of this Brett, Brett Weinstein, who uh, was on Joe Rogan not long ago, had an amazing conversation and not to add to the backlog of podcasts I continue to recommend to you. But <laughs> one of the things he said is he said that some of the places that these riots are happening and not all of them, but some of them, these riots almost have to happen. Because there's a poorly articulated – they cannot finally articulate their grievances because there's no opportunity to do so. And I would evidence for that the city of Louisville has one, one voting poll, voting poll, one, one open in the whole city. Like the line for that vo to vote in the city of Louisville is like – Well, that's not normal. It, it's not normal, but it also isn't abnormal in the sense that – there is a number of, I mean, the city of Atlanta is another one. There's a couple of polling districts in the city of Atlanta. And this is a thing that I'm sure was covered ad nauseum by the by liberal news that hasn't appeared almost at all in, in conservative news. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. But um, polling waiting times to vote in the city of Atlanta in certain predominantly black districts for the governor's race, which happened not long ago, was like you would you you would wait in line for 10 hours to vote. And the, and the voting booth would close before People, there would still be a line out the door and around the corner because there was like one voting place open to, to, to for the whole district. And that's not abnormal. And you think if I'm a citizen in the city of Louisville and I'm trying to get into trying to have, you know, government listen to me, I, I don't think there is a good way to do that. If, if this is the situation I've been relegated to, who knows why <laughs> that happens? But, you know, we could go down the rabbit hole talking about that stuff. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's like there there was just a better there there's a lot of anger and there's a there is a certain place that it needs to be put out and 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 that's a poor what we're seeing is a poorly articulated way of doing that and unfortunately the the casualties of that poorly articulated frustration are businesses and shops and Jenna marbles and all this other shit and like, I would add to the to the ultimate interests of the people who are doing those committing those acts because yeah, agreed Sam yeah, Harris agreed, made actually. that point multiple times I don't know if you even had a chance to look but uh, when I published our podcast um, yeah. the one that yeah, was you, just published you noted I think when he when he when he no, when he said that yeah his, uh, he said it multiple times he said it can't be good for the interests of African-Americans for these images to be played over and over again. And then in another context, he was referring to the rioting. And then he, he referred to and a number of other places where he said, this isn't good for the liberals' cause. It is good for Trump's cause. And so, you know, there's a, I actually started writing a blog post that I'll probably never publish just because of exactly what we're talking about. And the title 
of the blog post. I've written the title and I've written like 90% of it, but it's just so, it's so controversial that I don't know if I'll ever have the courage to publish it. But basically the title for the moment is, hey, liberal America, you're doing it all wrong. Because mm. if your goal, if your goal is to actually take back actual power in this country, you're doing it all this wrong. This is not the way to do not it. Not the way yeah. to do it. You are all, all the efforts that I see playing out in front of us right now, the tearing down of statues, the rioting, the, the, I mean, the, the number of images I've seen of, like, did you see the video of this, this poor woman who had to be like 60 years old trying to defend her business? And she's like punched in the head and hit with a two by four over and over. What? No, I did not see that. Oh, you're kidding me. You've no, not I seen that? See and there's so many of these videos or a guy walking out of a convenience store who gets attacked by four African-Americans who look like they beat him to death for no what? reason. They just jumped him. Um, and I mean, I could share a hundred of these videos that I have not sought out. They've just found me. And so uh, I think for every one of those videos, uh, it's just another 10,000 votes or 100,000 votes for Trump. And I can't understand. I understand frustration. I really do. I understand people feeling like they don't have a voice. I, I, I really do. But I just, I, I think that all, every time that you raise a fist or, or pick up a rock or a brick or a lighter, you are just hurting your cause. Mm -hmm. And, and, Everyone loses. At the end of the day, everyone loses because, like, I was just out. This just happened yesterday. So yesterday was the first time I went out in public, like what I would call really out in public, mm -hmm. since the shutdown. So we're talking since March 24th or 25th, whatever that date was. It was one of those two dates, March 24th or 25th. Today or yesterday was June 27th. So we're talking April, May. So the first time in three months that I'm out. And I went to 12 Oaks Mall. I'm getting my mom a birthday present because today's her birthday. And so I'm out at a mall, first time and yep. since that. And mask on? What? Do you have your mask on? Fuck no. <laughs> oh, come on, man. No, and I would say fully 20% of the people, other people there didn't either. Yeah, dangerous. All right, continue. Well, I disagree, but, but anyway. Uh, and there was tension. There was fucking tension everywhere. Really? Yep. Yeah, I have to admit, and so I've been in Chicago, I'm back in Chicago right oh, now. Oh, you are? Okay. And, yep. And was uh, was at the um, lake yesterday, it was just like 90, and I was like, I just need to go jump in the water. And there's a level of tension that you could feel here kind of similarly, and uh, not, not at me, but just in general and it wasn't from all it's not from like all people of color black people it wasn't or white people but there's just there's a handful of people who i could feel that coming from and i don't know man i it's like a weird it, it, it's a strange time in what world can we justify you know the attacking of innocent people and and it goes it goes back to uh, the point i was just making about this is the wrong way because i can tell you this the absolute worst approach I believe that the left can use is an eye for an eye, which is what we have right now. That's exactly the approach. Yeah, it's a zero-sum game. Well, it's a zero-sum game, and it's a game that the left can't win because the right has—I mean, this is just hardcore. The right has all the guns, 
and, and all the people and all the people who want to use them. Exactly. <laughs> so if I mean, and and, and, and you know, uh, that's just the reality of it. And so if it, this if this thing ever really got that out of control, now, you know, I don't know how it would actually play out because it's not like the Civil War where we're wearing these uniforms and you're wearing those uniforms. Of course, that's never going to happen. It would be just a bunch of acts of terrorism. But uh, I just believe just from a common sense perspective that if this side has 98% of the guns and this side has 2%, I wonder who's going to win. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a showdown anybody wants to have. Ha- I mean, I, that's no. not true. Some people do want to have it happen. I don't want to have it happen. Well, I think all reasonable people don't want to see that happen. Well, I, it's funny because I've been waiting for the right time to say this. So uh, I had a chat message with your dad a couple of days ago because he was my, my mom wasn't feeling well. And, and he was just asking about her. You know, is she OK? And so we had an exchange back and forth about that a little bit. And then at the end, he goes, uh, you know, thanks for the fast response. How are you doing? And I hadn't talked to your dad in a while. And this was my honest response. You can ask him. I said, uh, oh, you're welcome, you know, for the fast response. You're welcome. Um, uh, just preparing for the civil war that at this point feels somewhat <laughs> inevitable. Oh, boy. That's actually, and he didn't even respond to it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> that was kind of an honest answer. Yeah, I've spent a, I've spent a ton of time researching guns. I don't own a gun. I've said it repeatedly. I don't own a gun, but I'm gonna get one. Well, you know, there's a. It's actually interesting because there's a big uh, Vice News reported there's a huge spike in uh, in black gun ownership going on right now. Mm-hmm. I like, believe there's that. a lot of um, there's an alternative to the um, NRA called the NAAGA NAGA. I'm really not kidding. The National African uh, American, American Gun Association, Gun Association, NAGA, and uh, it, it's so funny because you watch this guy, the guy who started it, he started it like ten years ago, and he opens every meeting with "What's up, my NAGAs?" <laughs> Which Alrighty I think is, then. I saw, I saw that, I saw that on the report. I was like, that is so funny. Um, well, and well, that's uh, going to lead the tape that somebody makes about you in three years, in which your career is just unraveled. Yeah, well, I don't know if that makes the lead, but it'll probably be Well, out of it. context, it might. It might, yeah. Anyway, uh, so anyway, the point is, is they, they were talking about that his membership has, like, spiked in the last uh, year, but in the last two months specifically, it's gone, like, way, way, way up. A lot of people are registering, and I mean, it's all legal gun ownership and stuff, and honest to goodness, Uncle Mike, I think somebody, I, uh, Colian Noir, was a, who's a black gun rights activist, was on uh, Joe Rogan recently. He's not just a black gun rights activist, he's a gun rights activist, and he's a, he's a black man. Yeah, and he's a, he's a black man. He's a former member of the NRA. He's not affiliated with them anymore. And for reasons that we've spoken about previously, which is that they, they've, they've gone way far to the right. And actually, the NRA is against black gun ownership. They have a history of this kind of thing. What? Which means that, yeah, it's, it's a whole, that's a whole mm. other thing that's we can bad. go down. But he said the most reasonable thing I've ever heard on, gun, on uh, Second Amendment rights and gun ownership in America. He was like, look, this is a part of our country. It's in the Second Amendment. It's ne- we're never going to get rid of it. It's never going to happen. We can disagree about why someone needs to own a gun, but we can. But we, we just need to all accept the fact that it's just here. And what we need to do is pursue uh, meaningful 
education and it needs to happen. Every single American needs to understand that guns are a reality of the country they live in. And so they need to be educated. Just like we have sex education in schools, I think we should have gun education. And I was like, that's the most meaningful, that's the most reasonable thing I think I've ever heard about it. I agree. Everybody, everybody needs to understand that this is a reality that we live in. And truthfully, I think if we all did, people would be safer, actually. I mean, oh, people absolutely. would actually be safer. It's a study show that people who have never had sex education training, uh, any type I mean, it, sex education are worse off across the board than people who've had positive sex education. Uh, people who have negative sex education are actually the worst off, but the, but, but any type of, of, of gun, uh, education I think would be valuable for everybody. Oh, I agree. And in fact, I don't know what the country is. I don't know if it's Switzerland or it, I believe it's a country in that part of the world. Um, there's a country that actually require. I know Israel does this as well, uh, but there's another country I think that's even more known for it, where basically they require you to devote a year of your life to, you know, basically military or public service. And as part of that, you're given extensive gun training. And mm. at the end of that, you're given your own, I believe, semi-automatic semi weapon. So basically mm. every adult in the country is issued a gun. And whatever this country is, has one of the lowest murder rates in the world. Because I mean, it's like everybody know, knows, yeah, everybody, everybody, everybody I'm going to go against. I have to admit that there's an argument for it because I think it's like, brilliant. Like, if imagine how much more reluctant you would be to commit crime if you knew everybody was armed and knew how to use it. One. Uh, yeah. Two, imagine how much and think about this from a state's perspective, because remember, the Second Amendment exists not for personal protection in the, or hunting. It exists in order for the people to check the power of the state. And imagine. And, and as and again, I mean, just talking yeah. about police issues, Great like point. It, it, no knock warrants become a whole lot different. Like there is yep. suddenly everybody is going to have to be a lot more uh, civil with each other because everybody knows that everybody's armed. Even if the police still have a monopoly on the use of violence in the social contract, we're aware that the ability to commit that violence is equal in both parties. Yep. I think this could become a regular function of the show is just do a comparison of the top two news articles from our respective bubbles just to see what's yeah, I agree. sort of trending and not. But uh, Well, and just, think, just what's been disclosed you know, organically through this conversation in terms of, no, I never saw that video. I never saw that video. Dude, I haven't seen any of those videos. I mean, like, no, like none of them. I and, think I've and, seen, like, maybe one of them. And remember, I'm actively avoiding the news. Yep. And I'm still seeing this shit. And yeah. I think you consume the news more aggressively than I do, so that makes the point even more is that – you know, you're consuming news. I'm trying not to. I'm seeing a bunch of stuff that you're not seeing at all. So, yeah. I mean, not that that's any surprise. I mean, I think we knew that already, that, you know, the the spinning of the of everything is so out of control. And it's funny because I had this conversation last night with some people that, you know, really what the real issue we have in the world or in America right now is, uh, I believe, honestly, I believe it is a corrupt media. That is it. That's the number one problem we have because, again, it makes possible – for people to be rioting in Los Angeles with no knowledge that police killings in Los Angeles are at a 30-year low. They have no idea. Yeah. They think, I mean, I think that the rioting, maybe we should again have another, we should maybe devote another podcast to talking about it only because I think the reasons, the real reasons for, it's like the George Floyd situation was the primary, priming charge that blew up a much larger Oh, of course, thing of course, yes, it. of course. It, 
So, I mean, I think that there's some reasons to go into about it. I think that most, but again, this is part of the reason why it's poorly articulated is I think that if you were to able to, if you were to ask the average rioter or protester, what are you protesting for? They would tell you George Floyd, blah, 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 police racist. But I think that underlying that is a general feeling of like, we're not all in this together and the state doesn't give a shit about me. And it, and it, and it is even actively pursuing policies that will prevent my success. That that I think is the re, that's I think the the more underlying feeling that I don't know how if it's even ever articulated. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with your basic point. I don't agree with the specifics of what you said, but I get the I get the concept, and I I agree with the concept. I think that what the George Floyd incident was, yeah, it was just a detonation device on all kinds of things real and imagined that cause people to be dissatisfied with whatever, which mm, is unfortunate mm. because the, the, the true reality of the situation is that we live in the greatest country in, in the world. We do. We have more freedom here than anywhere else in the world. We have the best economic opportunity anywhere in the, else in the world. We have the most wealth of anywhere else in the world. And if people think that this place sucks, I would just say then, and I, don't, I, mean, this, I mean this sincerely, I mean this from the heart with no sarcasm whatsoever. Why don't you live in those other places? Go there. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I know it's easier said be... than done. I know that. Yep. But the point is, if we're that miserable here, then why don't you simply go to wherever it is that's more reasonable, or at least tell me where that is because I haven't found it yet. You know, Denmark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. They have their own problems. Maybe. But... Maybe. Like you could be right. I'm not. I'm not being facetious. Maybe you're right, but I'm saying there's a limit to how many people they can take in. Where else? Yeah. You know no, I mean, I mean I, they, that's true. As I think that that's a whole other thing that we can talk about. But I think that there are there are there is a movement of liberals to leave the United States, which should make you jump for joy hearing. Oh that. my God, dude, that's like you just gave me my birthday present early. <laughs> that's phenomenal. Well, you 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 do realize all the all the name celebrities that said, "Oh, if Trump's elected, I'm out." To my knowledge, none of them left. Uh, I don't know. Some of them might have, but I know that there's like a real conversation about it because people are pretty. F I mean, there's a whole other thing. And I can. can I hate, rabbit hole on. I hate all this economic success and peace <laughs> in the world, and opportunity and blacks having record unemployment. Fuck all this shit. Let's go burn some buildings down, and then let's leave oh, the country. Man. I'm telling you, you get you should you should. Uh, well, this is uh, this is. I feel like we've shot our bolt in this episode. But we're 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 circling the drain. But I um I do want to. I wish you could listen to that or should listen to that Daniel Markovitz uh, episode that I sent over to you mer about meritocracy. It's really fascinating. I will. And it, it has implications on this conversation. It almost feels like it's sort of the silent um the the silent superstructure um, beneath everything or substructure maybe underneath everything that we're kind of talking about because it, it really does explain. I mean his. His philosophy really helps explain a lot of what's going on, and, and it really does kind of make a lot of sense and is relevant to, to things that are happening. Okay, um, I'll check and, it out. You wouldn't think so at first blush, but it's pretty— it's Well, pretty I actually intuitively have an idea as to what it's going to say. Let me just guess, just put it on record in case I'm right. Sure. Is that I predict it's going to say, like when you were talking about the, the Maras earlier, that there's just a, an inherent advantage to certain people, and you're just kind of born into it or you're not. And um, and that's a problem, and we're not addressing that, and we need to address that. Is it even close? 
Yeah, I mean, you're you're getting at it. But a lot of what he a lot of what's interesting about it isn't just the point that he's making, but it's a lot of the reasoning and evidence for why that point exists. A lot of those things are points in their own right that are worth considering. Okay, cool. All right. Well, yeah, I think you've you've captured it a little bit there. Great. Well, this has been a this has been a uh, we really didn't go directly to the topic we'd meant to, t- to talk about. But then again, in true in true Unkview style, in true Unkview lack of style, that's what we do. <laughs> we aim to disappoint, and by God, we rarely we rarely di- we rarely disappoint when it comes to disappointing our fans. Some people are stylish. We're stylish. <laughs> Have a good day, dude. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe out there.